Hi, and welcome to the Wires Filmmaker Toolkit Podcast. My name is Chris Alfalt, the editor of the Toolkit. And my guests today are director Yorgos Lathamos and screenwriter Tony McNamara talking about their new film, The Favorite. Uh, opened in limited release over Thanksgiving, did really well. It's getting a full head of steam, headed into award season. Really fun movie. I talked to Yorgos and Tony uh, back this fall. It was the morning after The Favorite actually opened the New York Film Festival. And today's podcast is brought to you by Netflix's original documentary, The Bleeding Edge. It's the latest investigative feature from award-winning filmmakers Kirby Dick and Amy Ziering. Their follow-up to the Oscar-nominated The Visible War and The Hunting Ground, The Bleeding Edge is a deep-dive exploration of the $400 billion medical device industry where they find shockingly lax regulations, corporate cover-ups, and profit-driven incentives that put patients at risk daily. It's rated 100% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's a New York Times Critics Pick of the Week. Variety's uh, Owen Gleiberman raves, the bleeding edge needs to be seen so that it can change hearts and minds. For your consideration for best documentary, the bleeding edge is now streaming on Netflix. Before either of you were involved, there was a script that had been worked on. Uh, Deborah Davis wrote it. Marcus, what was that? What was in that story that that drew you? That you can kind of see a Yorgos movie in there. What was the kind of kernel that you were holding on to? Um, well, t- just the the fact that it was this story about three women that at some point in time used to have this kind of power, and also the the individual characters. Anne's character, who's like a very, uh, a woman who's been through a lot and is in a position that she has to, so so many responsibilities, but she's so fragile and, um, you know, she's trying to find ways to cope with it and, you know, the other women around her um, and how their relationships, um, although are very intimate and and personal, they, they affect um, the fate of a whole nation. So, um, uh, and also the fact that it was a period film and I had never made a period film before. Uh, was were, you acti- were you actively searching for one? No, no. Yeah. It just I, I just happened to come across it. Um, but it, it did uh, intrigue me to see, you know, how I would go about making a period film. Um, so, yeah, I think it just felt like an interesting project. You know, your worlds, you build these worlds that are so distinct um, and stand on their own. You know, obviously this is a process, I think you guys worked on this for years. Is this something, I, I'm, you know, building that world is obviously something you guys did together, but is it something that you're kind of, see, is that a starting point for you? You're kind of seeing this, you're kind of thinking about how this is going to move and what it's going to feel like, or is that part of the writing process? I mean, for me, I do, I do have certain ideas about how I, which direction I think we should go, tonally what I'm looking for, um, the various elements, either visual or um, uh, an element of language or a setting or, you know, things like that. But then, of course, during the writing process and depending on who I work with each time, uh, you know, it changes and it, uh, it is shaped into something, you know, probably completely different to what you initially imagined. And what about... And, Tony? <laughs> <laughs> what about that element of... Uh, no, we're going to get it. What about that element of the fact that um, 
you guys had never worked together, right? And I don't think you knew each other, True. right? So that element of finding a partner, because you're, you're very much going to want to, you know, this is going to be your film, this is going to be something that you're going to be part of. What is that, pro what do you, since it's not someone that you've worked with, you're kind of, you're like almost hiring some, you are hiring someone, what is, what are you looking for? What is that process like? Uh, I'm looking for, you know, talent, voice, uh, personality, and um, I, I think you kind of know from, you know, from the work uh, that it's probably what you're looking for, because if, if someone has a body of work like, like Tony has. Like reading his stuff and. You know, reading a lot. I read like hundreds of, you know, playwrights, screenplays, plays. In order to find, you know, what I was looking for, and I w when I read Tony's stuff, you know, I was very, um, uh, I was almost certain, you know, that we had found, you know, what I was looking for, uh, and I think it turned out to be like that. And actually, we didn't even really have to discuss so much, you know, about what it is that I wanted for this because, you know, he read what we had from the previous uh, screenplay and the work that I'd done with Deborah before. And we basically said, you know, it needs to be a little bit more like this and a little bit more like that. And yeah, yeah, I get it. And, you know, he just went and did a, a, a pass on the script. It's a sensibility, is it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's I think you, you do know. And I've, I've been in, in situations where you know, you try to work with people despite the work not showing that you necessarily have um, an affinity or share a sensibility. Mm -hmm. And most of the times it doesn't work because if, you know, whatever the, the department is, if, even if it is an actor or a DOP or a writer or an editor, you know, if it's not there, if they don't have it, it's hard to, you know, make it into what you want. So uh, the, the most important thing is to try and find the people that, you know, what they have is what you need. You don't want to explain your sensibility. <laughs> no, it can't be explained. Yeah. I mean, you can't force people to, you know, become something different and that thing to be good. Yeah. And so, Tony, what was that starting part for you? That, that kind of thinking of the jumping off part, you know? Um, I think w <coughs> I think I d this sh I think I was attracted to similar things. It was like I liked the fact it was a, w a female story and three women, and I was you know I watched Dogtooth and felt like that was the voice I really understood. And because this is before Lobster and Sacred Deer, I think. Right? Yeah, it was yeah. like I think it was seven years or so. Okay. But um, yeah, we started. Uh, yeah, you just moved uh, right to London. After Dogtooth, or yeah, yeah. I had just moved to London. Yeah, we started then, and I think it was, um, I think I just understood, and once we had a conversation, I think it was like that. We just understood what we both thought could happen, and I understood what, you know, I just sort of, as you said, you know, we, we just have a way of understanding what it is, and we get each other and what we're, you know, we're different, but, you know, we're complementary, and so I think I remember uh, one of the, I remember CC, one of the producers after our, because they they'd set up this conversation for us, this big conversation where they were going to work out whether we were going to do it. 
and it was a big Skype and it's all these emails going blah, blah, blah. And then <laughs> CC, the producer came, said to me later, she goes, I walked into the office after you guys had Skyped and it was 12 minutes, 36 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, because we knew what, yeah, it, we knew that what it would, we wanted it to be. <laughs> you know, so often when I do these interviews about something that's a period piece, it's... Um, research, I, how much I learned about this and the research. And I, I, I sense, and Tony and I talked a little bit yesterday, I sense that uh, that's a jumping off spot, but there's no, there's an element that you're taking from history, or, but this is something uh, where not only are you not beholden to it, but it's also not something that's necessarily directly informing. Yeah, um, yeah, I think we're always, that it was going to be a starting place and a place we went back, we went back to it a lot. As, as the script developed, sometimes we would go, oh, what, what actually happened? You know, because I remember, <laughs> remember you said in some meeting, uh, development meeting with, uh, I can't remember, maybe it was film four, and you said, if people, want, if people are coming to this movie for a history lesson, they're going to be in the wrong movie. <laughs> so it was always like um, about the women and their humanity and the complicatedness and how we could tell that very that political story allied with the personal story, but not get bogged down in the... It was like what serves our story and what serves the essence of what we're trying to do. And if it does and it's true, that's nice. And if, yeah. it, do if it doesn't, we don't care that much. We'll fix it. <laughs> we'll fix it. Sometimes so even when we got stuck, we would look back. Yeah. You know, when we, we needed an idea for something and, you know, we, we couldn't come up with something, we, sometimes we would go back and go, like, let's check what actually happened yeah. and what, you know, maybe we can get something from there. And sometimes it was useful. I think so. I think the yeah. letters, I yeah. don't think we knew about the letters for a while. Yeah. And that we came. Oh, was there letters between um, Sarah yeah, and Yeah, yeah. I think that was something we were like, what happened? And we, you know, and then we read a bit and we're like, oh, they used to send each other these letters. So, um. Because I think, I, I imagine kind of the fun part creatively here is, is that you kind of know what's going on around these women from history but you don't know what's going on behind the doors, right? So you, you, that part you get to fill in gaps, but you also, I imagine that this whole swirling world and this politics and stuff that's going around, you can, you can kind of take from that, but then create the, the, what's going on inside, right? Exactly. Yeah, I guess we always, well, we didn't talk about it that much, but it was always had a, con the language had this edge of contemporariness and was freer than a normal stitched up period idea and then yeah there's there is swearing in the movie i noticed last night and um <laughs> and it, you know but there was you know there was swearing at the time that people forget and the c word was in chaucer's canterbury tales and like you know so so it's a, but is this a little bit of a hybrid thing that you're making up in terms of the dialogue or i don't think of it, I, I don't know i don't think of it as hybrid i just think of it as time like it was a tone like th I think when we talked, like we wanted a tone that was, there's that was not like a Howard's End or a Merchant Ivory. You know, we wanted a tone that, you know, was different and reflected what we would like to see in a period movie, probably, rather than you know, um, so and also we're not, I think, because we're not from that tradition, you know, like Greek and an Australian making an English period movie. What do you expect? <laughs> so um, we're not of that tradition where we're like slavish about language or even know possibly, I don't know how they spoke. Yeah. So as much as anything, it's like just, you know, a, a sort of stab at that, you know. 
Yeah. And what about, uh, this almost sounds like uh, before sunrise, without the romance, your writing process, you guys living separate <laughs> countries, get together, walk around for a day and have lots of meals and talk. I mean, what was that? What was the process it like? It is like that, <laughs> actually. It's quite <laughs> a bit like that, without the drama. Yeah. <laughs> we do have a lot of lunches. Yeah. We, we both like food very much, so yeah. we would... Um, would uh, structure the days around that, <laughs> like walk from here to there, there's a good lunch place there, <laughs> then we have to get some good coffee, then from coffee we walk around a little bit more, do a bit of work, then it's dinner time, <laughs> have like a little bit of dinner. <laughs> you know, so it, it went like that, but I think it's a great way <laughs> to yeah, work. so do I. <laughs> it's the best way to work. The, the thing that struck me last night in watching again is that this thing is, there's a lot of story, and this thing has a lot of movement, and it's got to be. So part of it, I imagine, is how you're going to break it and, and build that dynamic around these three women. Is that kind of the, the heart of what you had to do, is, is figuring out that element? I suppose so. I mean, once the, the triangle gives you so much of the You know, it gave us so much of the structure, and once we thought about it, how we wanted, you know, thinking about how the characters would be and when we first talked, how we wanted to, like, have these very sort of complex people who were very driven by what they needed and, and understandable about what they needed. And also for an audience, you, you couldn't pin them, you couldn't know them from one scene, you couldn't go, she's just ambitious or she's just, you know, they, they had a lot of elements like people do. Um, so I think, stru yeah, structurally, it's like was driven by that, those decisions, and you just you just sort of follow. What would they do next? You know, and we would read like you know, like I said, we would f look at history, go what really happened when we got stuck, and so it was sort of like the per one of the things was I guess making sure the political story, the men's political story, in a way, didn't you know, it was sort of balancing those two and making sure it was it was there, but it wasn't like the traditional the main men political story would be the main story and the women's story would be. So it was sort of making sure you got enough of that politics and it was simple enough that it helped the story and you understood that change of how it could change a nation and that kind of thing. One sense, uh, seeing it again, was that uh, the, the magic uh, eureka moment was rabbits. Was that the, that was the moment that everything <laughs> fell, <laughs> everything <laughs> fell together? Rabbits, yeah. <laughs> no, but is that something? I mean, I, I'm actually, it's, it's brilliant. I was wondering, the, is that something that was always there, or no? It was a way to um, yeah, represent. Was present her yeah. tragedy. We wanted to present but her. But it's uh, we talked about that early on. Yeah, I it was remember, really like, find it was in something the, that represents yeah, the yeah. the seventies. Was children. in the very first part. Yeah. It was in the very first pass. We had yeah. a conversation about. We wanted to represent her tragedy, but we were, of course, both wooden two tombstones yeah. in the garden and stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> and then, uh, we, yeah, we that's exactly we what we said. Yeah, exactly. Find a way to represent it, but not tombstones <laughs> in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what's the opposite of tombstones yeah, in the garden? Rabbits. Hutch <laughs> full of rabbits that actually live in her room. You know, so um, so they became. Uh, yeah, so they became very useful. I mean, they weren't in the ending at the, for a while, but... Um. What about that end? Because it's, 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 you go dark and it feels very... The film feels satisfying. It feels like it's come, but there is that moment you're sitting in the dark. You're like, I think it's over. I think it's over. <laughs> oh, yep, here it is. Here's the title. But what about, what about that end, ending on that note and finding that spot? Is that something... 
you guys once again just found, or is that was that something that really kind of that was like a really that was no that's really where you wanted to leave them and you had that image. Yeah, I think we wanted to finish the film, you know, at a point where you saw that all of them kind of lost what they were going for. Um, it was a bit of a, you know, desperate moment <laughs> for all of them. Uh, but it doesn't mean that their story ends there. Obviously, they, you know, they lived for some of them for many years and not so, <laughs> not so much. Um, but it, it just felt like a strong ending to see all of them at, at that, having that tragic fate, at least at that moment in time. Um, so yeah, we, we kind of knew that, yeah, we wanted to end like that. And then, you know, it was about the particular image or... Yeah, what that final yeah. couple of scenes were or whatever. Yeah, we always thought it was a, knew it was a tragic, tragic comedy, I guess, tragic comedy. So it was just all those decisions they made come to, and all their desires come to a sort of point that seemed satisfying. Even though you know the story goes on, you're sort of like satisfied that the the story sort of ended. It felt like where it ended. So you have a three week. I, I don't know if this is. I know you did it on this film, and I think you've done it before. A three week rehearsal. Uh, Tony was there. I imagine the principal cast. Is that what? Is it just the three yeah. women? Is it or is it kind of the top line? No, it was the yeah the 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 John and Nick and the James were there as well. Um, yeah, so the main the main cast, S yeah. six to ten people. What 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 happens in those three weeks? I hear it's an important part of your process. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also hear it's very unique. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know how unique. Uh, well, I guess depends on your experiences. Um, well, what I tried to do during that time is well, first of all, get everyone feeling comfortable with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it, it, it has a lot to do with, you know, being free and not fearing that you're going to, you know, make a fool of yourself, whatever you do, whatever your choice is, whatever silly thing you decide to do or say or try, that you're fine and, you know, you've, you, you're, you're comfortable with your fellow actors and director and whoever else is around that you can try anything and nobody's gonna, you know, make fun of you. Or if, if they do, it's just like, we're having a laugh, all of us together, about what we're actually doing here. Because that fear of failure can be paralyzing yeah. and you're not gonna be able to... Exactly. Um, then another thing for me is, I try to get the text into the actors uh, through, a, through a process that is n it's not intellectual, so I, I, I don't want them to learn the lines by rationalizing what the scenes are and how they're supposed to do it and how they're supposed to say certain things because I think that becomes very a very obvious interpretation of the text. So I, I try to have them learn the lines while they're doing a bunch of other physical activities that basically take away their concentration from the actual lines and what they mean. So they have this very contradicting um, activity going on, like, you know, from jumping around a room and doing a dialogue that has nothing to do with, like, a dramatic dialogue, 
Um, so that helps with that, I think. Um, and the other thing is that I, 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 I work very physically with the actors. And I, again, even at a later stage, even when we're filming, I never try to explain and analyze how they need to do things. I just want them to try things physically on the spot and figure it out like that. And they can bring in whatever they, they want to bring in without having limited what that is you know, in the early process. So, yeah, for me, it's a, it's a number of things that um, helps me with having time with the actors beforehand. Is seeing that, this, this movie more than so, I'm trying to think of all your movies, but this one struck me more so than any other as movement being, both in terms of the camera, but also character being so key to the story. So much of power, humor, and this world is 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 in movement. Is is that something that you're also in this rehearsal process? You're you're kind of seeing movement. You're trying to figure out how that's going to look, or is it more them getting the movement right that you have in your head? Uh, it's it's mostly about uh, discovering things and trying things out. And uh, so it is a creative for yeah, you as it, well. It's very, yeah, it's very yeah. yeah, it's very it's very it's a creative process. And um, you know, even the choreography or whatever, it's a process that you you try things out and you do silly things and you fool around and you know you figure out what feels right and what doesn't. Um, and but from the beginning, I I I don't know exactly why. But I mean, I do have a a, a close relationship with uh, movement and dance, and um, I always appreciated that. For instance, in theater, I appreciate da dance or dance theater more more than traditional theater. Um, so I, and especially for this film, I always thought that there was going to be uh, a very particular physicality to it. Mm. And I didn't know what that meant. And that's why I had to, you know, try things out while rehearsing. But I knew that, you know, one other element would have, would have been the physicality of, of, of all these characters and how they, they move around in space and how their physicality brings a more contemporary feel along with language and other elements that we used. And what, in your role in this, I imagine there's rewrites, there's things you're taking out of this, or you're helping come up with scenarios? No, I mean, I mean yeah, I mean, my role was or to just watch fun. and have fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, and see great, you know, the choreography of the dancing and understand that what that was going to be. And, um, but, you know, we would notice things and, you know, there were things sometimes Yorgos would notice or I would notice and be like, maybe we need some more there or we need to change this little... Because we would just hear them and they weren't doing it in a traditional we're all at a table reading, but we could hear them do it over and over because they do it a lot and just notice little things. So we would, I would write a little bit more here or we would cut a couple of bits or think we might think the language was a bit too contemporary here and there, so we would just sort of balance that a little bit. So it was just that. It was just like little tweaks and, you know, watching cool, great actors and, you know, having fun and doing crazy things. Um, this is the first movie you've done with cinematographer Robbie Ryan. When I think of Robbie's work, I think of two things. I think of natural light. He's a master of natural light. And I also think about this, like, vibrancy in the movement 
uh, which can take different forms. Uh, you know, obviously an Andrea Arnold movie is very different than a Yorgos movie. But I'm wondering, uh, you know, what was, why was he the the right person for this one? Um. Well, it has to do a lot with personality as well. So I had met Robbie a couple of times before we we ended up working together. Um, of course, I I appreciated his work, and I've I had seen a lot of also other stuff that he'd done, like you know short films and music videos and and stuff like that. So. You know, I, I knew that he he had a, a quite a range as well. So, because I'm quite particular about how I I you know I I want to film things and um, you know I need people that are going to be up for anything. Um, and because I I knew that I wanted to push things further to for for this film to what I've been gradually doing the last few films and the last few years. I knew that I, I I needed someone that you know would have no um, uh, nothing holding him back in trying anything. And Robbie, you know, felt like that from the beginning. He's up for anything, and he basically gets excited. You know, the most the the bigger the challenge, the more he you know he gets excited about it. And um, yeah, it, it it ended up being. Uh, great collaboration. You're talking about not wanting to w have a cinematographer where you have to work in their comfort zone. You want yeah, to, yeah, exactly. But is it something um, that also I I'm specifically thinking about in the movements? This movie has such distinct movements. I'm wondering, is that something? Is he is he watching what's coming out of this rehearsal? Is it is it is it you guys reacting to what's happening on set, or is it is it pretty well? You kind of know. When we go down the hall with Anne on the wheelchair, we want it like this. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a it's a combination of all those things. I mean, we did talk a lot about what we wanted to do in the beginning. I mean, I, d I don't think we decided anything very concrete. There was a general feel about you know what we were trying to achieve and the things we were going to try out and how we were going to achieve them. You know, practically. So we tested various things and we did uh, a couple of. Uh, film te film tests as well on the location and try to find exactly what the texture of the movement was going to be like and uh, so we we made a few decisions and we put down certain rules but then of course you know seeing the actual locations uh, Robbie came to the rehearsals also quite a few times and you know he watched the actors and realized the physicality of it and then we rehearsed a little bit um, on location as well, so that changes things. Um, so, you know, there were things that we had decided from before, and that helped us create a, a, a filmic language that w we could apply in different ways in other scenes that we had to figure out when we actually rehearsed them. Um, so it, it was an ongoing process, and we were kind of figuring it out as we were going along, and. You know, we knew that we wanted to use very wide-angle lenses, and we had this, you know, extreme wide-angle lens that we thought we were going to use very little. But as we were using it, we, you know, fell more and more in love with it, and we understood how it could work in different ways in different scenes. So things, you know, evolved as we were filming, as they always do, I think. Feels like part of this story, in talking about the space, and you mentioned the wide-angle lens. Feels like part of this story is conceived in this. Um, kind of 
large spaces. There's an element here, I imagine, that that's something that's even in the story concept of, I mean, obviously, queens tend to live in, <laughs> they, tend, they, they tend to live in, but, but, there, but that seems to be something that was in, staging this and using that space seems to be something that was kind of key to your, uh, maybe even the story, but of the conception of this. Yeah, I, I guess we we enhanced that uh, mm -hmm. the way we filmed it, and um, a lot of the initial ideas. I remember things, you know, little by little, talking about this film because it's been many years. But one of the things that I was interested in as well was the architecture of this world, and how you know people moved from one room to the other, and how how these big rooms felt when they were empty and there was just a bed in a huge room. And I think we played around with that and we enhanced that feel of, you know, one person in a huge room or two or three people in a huge room that uh, play games and have intimate relations that affect, you know, like a, a bigger picture. And that kind of visually represented that uh, in a way. Um, so yeah, architecture was quite important. Uh, I think in the way that the film worked. Did you guys know this setting? Did you have? The, could you refer to this when you were working, or is it something that you found in pre-production? No, I mean we had a, a basic idea, and then we had to practically discover where we were going to do it. But I mean, you know, we had we had a few things like, especially like servants moving upstairs to go, you know, yeah. to the upstairs rooms and you know, a couple of corridors that we lead somewhere and the secret passage yeah. from Anne's room to Sarah's room. So we had a we couple had of... Um, yeah, thought about the architecture. Yeah. yeah, there was a sort of architecture to it in how we, when we worked on the script. Because there is, you were talking before about the, the men on the periphery and then this kind of yeah. center world. Yeah. That's the reason I bring it up is it, it feels, it, it, even listening to you talk about the story, it felt like something I could, I could see in that. I was thinking yeah, in terms I think of we under, Yeah, I think we understood it. I mean, yeah, early, you know, early about the, the stair, the upstairs taking Abigail up and even Harley would always kind of find her in this middle point and then what the various, you know, and Anne's, so yeah, I think Yogis would always, we would talk about how how's rooms met other rooms and, yeah. you know, how we would take the scenes through in that way. So something, I, I think you probably visited set, but was there something when you saw cuts or something like that, the, the way that this world was visually adapted? I, I mean, my guess is you had a sense of what, what Yorgos was after, but was, was there something that really struck you that maybe that you took from from seeing it that maybe you didn't have during the writing process? Um, I mean, no, not really. I mean, I felt like, I think I said to you after I saw it, I thought that's what I thought we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. I mean, when you see it, of course. Very it's confident. A, it, it's a, it's, it's amazing. I'm confident in you. In you, in you yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I, you know, you see it on screen, even last night when I watched it, it was like, it's just so stunning and amazing and the, the scale is great. So, um, you know, I'm sort of, you're surprised and not surprised because you're so embedded. And I was on set and we did have to do a lot of shuffle, a bit of rewriting and getting rid of places we'd wanted that we couldn't have. And so we would fix them. And so, um, so yeah, I was, you know, it's was just it's great to see it after you imagine it for a long time and and so you know things are really surprising some s scale things were so great you know when the, she played play with the rabbits you know and, and um, Emma and uh, 
um, Livia playing with the rabbits and eating the cake and that big fish eye in the corner. And I remember being there going, wow. And then seeing it, because you're watching it on split though. So it's yeah. like tiny and there's like, are they there? And, the, and then you see it on the big screen. It's like stunning, you know. Uh-huh. Yours, what do you, what do you, what's next for you? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, uh, we're writing various things. We're writing something with Tony as well. Uh, I'm writing something with Ephthemis that I've uh, written many of my films with. Um, uh, so I'm, you know, I'm in development. I'm in a development process. In, in, in just reading about in the the process with the favorite, it seems as if one of these you, you kind of start one of these seven years ago, <laughs> and then when it's ready. Well, I hope that this, yeah. this time is good. No, but I mean, is that, is like that, that. Is that, but I guess the point <laughs> being is is that that idea of of different having different projects going up. Uh, uh, you know, kind of I, 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 I haven't been doing that actually for for quite some time. I mean, the the favorite was the only thing that I well that and there's another project that has been around for for that long. But I think I started a couple of other things right after Dogtooth when I decided that I'm going to start making English language films. Mm-hmm. I made another f- film in Greek after that, Alps. But during that, I st- we I started already developing a couple of English language projects. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they took a while and it's not that we necessarily were working for eight years yeah, con- consecutively. You know, we both had other things to do and, you know, there were a lot of logistical things that you need to figure out, especially, for instance, for The Favorite, that was a project that was around for a while, so you had to, f- you know, figure those things out. Uh, but I, but usually what I did so far was like write something, make it, you know, write the next thing, make it. And, you know, the favorite was kind of during that time, you know, being developed and when the right time came, it happened. Um, So right now, because I made two films back to back, again, we started a a while ago with those couple of projects that we're writing now. But because I made two films back to back, they kind of uh, stalled a little bit. But now that I'm, you know, I'm finished with the favorite as well, you know, we're we're focusing on them and you know one of the two i think are going to happen you know quite soon as soon as we have a script that we're happy with right. very soon Tony. Very no? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a few months just, just, when's, just, when's the next date when's the next uh <laughs> the next lunch date probably, <laughs> probably next week yeah. i suspect all right well thank you guys for coming in and talking about the movie great, great. Thank, thank you, you.